Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Fiona Bennett. And I'm Michael Schaefer. So Michael, quite a lot of people have been asking me recently about the project and in particular picking up on this idea of poems as friends. And because this month's episode is going to feature the Wilfred Owen poem Dolce et Decorum Est, and I remember that moment of when our visitor arrived with that poem and I thought this is a really interesting and different choice for a poem that's been a friend to you. So I wonder whether you ever get asked that and what your perspective is on the idea of poems as friends. Now we are two years or so into doing this and hearing about these different kinds of friendship and yeah what have you what have you noticed? Yeah it's um when you first told me about it, Poem as Friend, I don't think I fully grasped it. And what I've discovered through doing the exchanges, it's been revealed to me what a, a useful frame that is, because it, it, people's relationship with the poem is very real. It, it occupies often quite a practical place in people's lives. It seems to allow for this kind of rich connection that people have. And so it's kind of personal and intimate, but in the, in the way that a friend would play an active role in my life. So poems seem to play this very active role in people's lives. It's really interesting hearing you say that because I think when I very first started it, I didn't know, you know, what it would reveal to do that. Like instinctively, there was obviously a reason for me thinking about that idea and poems had acted as friends to me in my life in that active way. So I did, I did have that, but I didn't, I didn't realise all the layers of connection that would happen. And I think one of the things I really enjoy about sharing these conversations now on the podcast is that sort of idea of that friendship being shared in a way as well. Meeting, meeting poems as people. Yeah, and I think it's because people are bringing in poems that are friends to them that we get to know the poem through the person and the person through the poem and it's um, one of the joys of the project. Mm. So you've already told us what poem we've got this month Fiona. Um, this is a, an exchange that we did some time ago but we've held it back to roughly coincide with Week of Remembrance for the First World War. So you'll be listening to Michael and myself talking about Dolce et Decorum Est by Wilfred Owen, the poem that's been a friend to Jules. So what have you brought for us, Jules? Um, excuse me, I've brought Dolce et Decorum Est by Wilfred Owen. Wow, OK. So a bit, potentially a bit of a downer <laughs> for a Saturday morning. Wow. <laughs> I did this at school, actually, but I'd forgotten what the Latin means. And there is a helpful note here on oh, the bit of paper. Is there now? Yes. It's sweet and good to die for your country. Mm. So these notes are from me as a school, at school. These are my school notes. Great. So I studied this as well at school. Um, so, yeah, it's really funny reading, looking at my... How old would I have been then? 14, 15, maybe? Um, and the sort of 
the earnestness in some of the notes and then the mickey taking as well <laughs> sort of, uh, tell you know if you witnessed this you wouldn't tell your kiddies that it <laughs> it's sweet and good so there's sort of like there's the old me coming through as well in the notes which i find i've just found really uh, interesting would you mind um reading it out loud yeah, for sure. us thank you Dulce et decorum est, bent double like old beggars under sacks, knock-kneed, coughing like hags, we cursed through sludge, till on the haunting flares we turned our backs, and towards our distant rest began to trudge. Men marched asleep, many had lost their boots, but limped on, bloodshod. All went lame, all blind, drunk with fatigue. Deaf even to the hoots of gas shells dropping softly behind. Gas, gas, quick boys, an ecstasy of fumbling, fitting the clumsy helmets just in time. But someone still was yelling out and stumbling and floundering like a man in fire or lime. Dim through the misty panes and thick green light as under a green sea I saw him drowning. In all my dreams before... Excuse me, before my helpless sight, he plunges at me, guttering, choking, drowning. If in some smothering dreams you too could pace behind the wagon that we flung him in and watch the white eyes writhing in his face, his hanging face like a devil sick of sin, if you could hear at every jolt the blood come gargling from the froth-corrupted lungs, bitter as the cud of vile, incurable sores on innocent tongues... My friend, you would not tell with such high zest to children ardent for some desperate glory the old lie, dulci et decorum est pro patria mari. How did it sort of feel reading it out? Just then, it's weird because feels... it's like time travel. So mm-hmm. I do. I remember. I remember being in the class as we were as it was being taught to us. Um, uh, the sounds of the words and just love, just falling in love with the words, really. Mm. And um, at that age, you don't really. I saw, I did, I got it. I got the emotion and the horror of it, but not, not really. So I fell in love with the words more of it and the rhythm of it and um, the way that it looked, um, the guttering, choking, drowning, and it became one of those ones I tried to learn by heart. And there was something about the way that it was written. Um, you can tell it's someone who's who's been there. They're immersed in this thing. In all my dreams, before my helpless sight, he plunges at me, guttering, choking, drowning. But then they're telling their truth. They're not. They don't feel that they have to um, be nice about it. I think it felt like the first time, like uh, you could be within something but knocking it so you're knocking it from within and there was a lot of power in that to think oh you could actually you don't have to attack something from the outside you can be within it Um, but also it's the truth of the the reality of it how awful it is that thing you said about being able to be inside something and still you know knock it that savagely and yeah. that you know um strongly i don't know well i think when i was at school i was like well you have to behave you're supposed to not do that you know it was almost quite shocking yes that he was doing that yes absolutely wow, that's yeah. amazing yeah yeah 
And I think I assumed when we read it that he'd he'd been sent there as a war poet. So it felt even more... I don't think he had. I think he felt that it was... He should go and do that. He should report on it. It's his duty to do that. But I assumed he'd been sent there to write about how amazing war is. Yeah, right, <laughs> and right, right. to yeah, so be able to bear witness. War poets, yeah, war sort of makes poets. you think you would Yes, yeah, it's a commission. Yeah, You've yeah, been sent there. Yeah. This is a, it's a job. It's a thing you do. Yeah. Um, and then so it felt even more powerful that he's then, he's knocking it, really. He's not going, oh, yes, jingoistic, isn't it? A marvellous thing. It's quite an unusual poem in some ways for somebody to bring in mm. in response to, to the invitation of you know, yeah. bringing in a poem that's been a friend to you. Mm. Do you can you talk a bit more about, about that? Um, it does seem to be one of those poems that has, ever since it came into my life, it's been there. It, it, the refrains come back to me at odd times and then it's there every year... Um, the 11th the 11th um, it seems mm-hmm. to you know it's always recited it comes to it comes to mind mm-hmm. um, bits of the lines just some, somehow seem appropriate in everyday in my everyday life they will just pop up so yeah it's been there it won't go away can you, can you, can you give, give me some examples of, of sort of specific lines that, yeah. that pop into your Mind. It can be just as simple as you're sat quietly in an office and there's some people coughing and the coughing like old hags will come in. Knock need, coughing like hags. <laughs> it just literally, it's ingrained in my, it's there. It's written itself through me like a stick of rock. So it's like... It, gas, gas, quick boys. An ecstasy of fumbling. The exclamation marks, gas, gas, quick boys. Bizarre, I can be writing something in an email with loads of exclamation marks and it'll, it's just, it's so ingrained. Isn't that weird? I hadn't really thought about it. But it's so ingrained that bits of it pop up and take on new meanings and could you could in a way argue is that a correct way to treat a war poem? I don't know, but it's there. It's something that um, obviously has become part of me. If you could hear at every jolt the blood come gargling from the froth-corrupted lungs, bitter as the cud of vile, incurable sores on innocent tongues, my friend... You would not tell with such high zest to children ardent for some desperate glory the old lie. The old lie as well, that, that, that feeling of the old lie. In those three words, he summed up something that we do. We tell ourselves things in order to get through life or it becomes part of society. Or, and there's so many things that we do... Oh well, mustn't grumble. It's that feel that he's hit upon so many truths, human truths, that they pop up, <laughs> maybe inappropriately. I don't know. Uh, and then at the same time, it is that you know the gravity of it, and especially now we seem to be going through such a 
awful time in history. There's so many turmoils going on, so many wars. And essentially, we are at war now. It just doesn't, it takes on a different form. It doesn't happen in a field somewhere. It's happening in different ways. And this is still extremely appropriate. And it's good to know that there are people that who who will not accept things as they are, who will point it out that this is incorrect, this is wrong. Mm. I find that really important to have that in my life, somehow, to have... Um, I think that was, that's what friends do, maybe. Mm. You have the friends, you have the party friends who, go, <laughs> you can have, who you can go out with, you have the friends who are your touchstones, who ground you so that they keep you level and this is one of those ones that um yeah maybe holds your hands and says we're in this all together mm. wow this is really deep isn't yeah, it this process that's amazing <laughs> that's, that's great i'd never really thought about it so thank you to <laughs> offering me this opportunity to talk about it yeah because it's knock need i mean that that is in this situation that is terrible but it's also quite comedic as well. It's just got such an amazing eye for detail. If in some smothering dreams you too could pace behind the wagon that we flung him in. Just reading some of my notes here. If in some smothering dreams you too could pace. And I've written here, forces readers to take apart, direct address to reader, doesn't allow reader to feel removed. And watch the white eyes writhing in his face. (laughs) that's yeah that's actually probably what this poem does it doesn't allow me to feel removed his hanging face like a devil's sick of sin oh it's quite emotional (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's funny I hadn't read the note but I was Mm. about to ask about that moment of you it's just a great thing he does there isn't it Mm. it's just kind of calling us into this moment with him kind of going you're here you're walking behind this my friend and then interesting actually that he kind of says my friend you would not tell with such high zest i mean he actually uses that kind of kind of having you know potentially slightly accused us as being outside of it he then kind of takes us alongside him and says what are we doing here what are we responsible for mm. within this. He's saying that, that, that we have a part in this to some degree. Mm. And, uh, you know, our part in, in it is either to repeat the lie, mm. or he's saying if you could watch his eyes, if you could hear those sounds, you wouldn't tell the lie. So, you know, we have a part to play. Mm. He doesn't let us off the hook, does he? It's not he? just happening somewhere else to other people. Mm. We're all implicit one way or another. That's really interesting. That's a very good point. And I think that's probably what I felt. Um, mm. That's probably the... F- that was like a moment of... Like a thunderbolt moment of like, we're all in this together when um, we all play a part. As a 15-year-old, however old I was, that it's... That, that feeling, that must have really struck a chord, I think. Mm. To children ardent for some desperate glory. Yeah, and um, 
typical me, I can see that the thing about tell your kiddies as well, that's me then like trying to, um, you know, a bit of comedy in there to le- lessen the blow. Mm-hmm. And that's that's so interesting that that's already there. <laughs> that, to deflect. <laughs> yeah, to deflect. Bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking of all the poems, there's loads of them that I could have bought, but this one does that somehow. It enables me to connect with someone who's had an extremely different life to me, an extremely different experience, but we're connected deeply somehow. Hmm. It feels as if this is very deep inside you, this poem, Hmm. you know. It really is, and, um, yeah, the, the power of it, how it's, in a way, as well, this is going to sound like, and I don't mean to trivialise it, but in the way that some pop songs can be about really, you know, they're sort of, you're singing long and they're really deeply ingrained in you, but when you actually look at the lyrics and what they're saying, they're actually quite dark and um, talking about someone's very personal experience as well. And this has got a melody and a rhythm and a beauty to the words mm. that does that and it's got a drive, it's got driving force that it is... Maybe that's why I chose it as one to remember, is that it has got this thing about it that makes it easier to remember potentially than other poems. Um, And the musicality of it is quite deceptive, despite of what it's the subject matter. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something kind of wonderful, and you've you've picked out some of the, the great language in it, but there's something about the language and the music of it that means that it is... You know it, that it is celebrating life alongside bearing witness mm. to this, you know, kind of awful betrayal of life, and this brutality and this death and this mass death is so lived in this poem. Yeah, I'm wondering as well if it's um, it feels like it manages to do that thing of black and white and all the greys at the same time. So it's saying this is right, this is wrong, but also encompassing that with the whole human existence, there are so many levels of, is this right, is this wrong? How has this happened? These people, these men, these boys, gas, gas, quick boys, Mm -hmm. they're all all fighting for all the people, for for the communities, for for their country. They're doing it in good faith. The result of which, you know, is questionable as well, but also good results. So the country that they fought for remained free. So you could argue it was necessary. He he went and he 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 took part in um, combat. Mm. So he's one of them as well. But he's also pointing out that at the same time as being right, it's also wrong, and the. Um, all the greys of humanity. Yeah, amazing. Mm. Of how it's not that easy. It's not that easy to... Well, it's easy to take a moral high ground, but the carrying out of that is tricky. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And maybe that is why we need old lives.
dulce et decorum est. Bent double, like old beggars under sacks, knock-kneed, coughing like hags, we cursed through sludge, till on the haunting flares we turned our backs, and towards our distant rest began to trudge. Men marched asleep. Many had lost their boots, but limped on, bloodshod. All went lame, all blind, drunk with fatigue, deaf even to the hoots of gas shells dropping softly behind. Gas! Gas! Quick, boys! An ecstasy of fumbling, fitting the clumsy helmets just in time, but someone still was yelling out and stumbling and floundering like a man in fire or lime. Dim through the misty panes and thick green light as under a green sea, I saw him drowning. In all my dreams before my helpless sight, he plunges at me, guttering, choking, drowning, if in some smothering dreams you too could pace behind the wagon that we flung him in and watch the white eyes writhing in his face, his hanging face like a devil's sick of sin, if you could hear at every jolt the blood come gargling from the froth-corrupted lungs, bitter as the cud of vile incurable sores on innocent tongues, my friend, you would not tell with such high zest to children ardent for some desperate glory the old lie. Dulce et decorum est pro patria mori. That was Michael with the gift reading of Dolce et Decorum Est by Wilfred Owen. Thanks to Jules for coming to visit us and bringing that poem with her and for sharing that conversation with us and allowing us to share it with you. We're going to be holding two days of exchanges in London on December the 8th and the 9th. So if you've got a poem that's been a friend to you uh, and you're in the London vicinity, Drop us a line, get in touch via the Poetry Exchange website and we'd love to meet you and hear about your poem. You can also let us know about the poem that's been a friend to you by nominating online. Again, on the Poetry Exchange website, there's a nominate page there and you can send us the title of the poem and a few lines about the poem that's been a friend to you. It's great to be collecting these poems and hearing these stories. We'll be back with you in a month's time. For the time being, thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.